welcome to Cambridge Stronger, where culture counts and values matter most. I'm your host, Amy Weber, and joining us today is Certified Financial Planner at Clinkhammer Financial, Alex Clinkhammer. Thank you for joining me on the show, Alex. Thank you very much for having me. Super excited. The listeners are going to get a lot of exciting information out of this. I am confident. So <laughs> we'll jump right in, start where I usually like to open, which is Tell us how you first got involved in the financial services industry and elaborate on maybe the reasons why you chose this industry. Yeah, you bet. So I, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be the second generation of our family firm and um, fortunate enough to have my uh, father as my mentor in the business. He's uh, going on, I believe, 38, coming up on 39 years in the business. So it's been tremendous ability to learn and to see how his business has grown over the years from being a kid all the way to now and, and joining him as a second generation. So growing up, I, he was always inclusive of us in, in, a, in the business with him and my mother. And so he would always, it was important to him to take us to the office and you know, go to meetings when we could uh, with, with the clients that would be okay with that. And tell you what, those are tremendous memories and uh, ability to see, you know, I, at the time didn't probably understand exactly what he did, but one of the things that always stuck with me is that he always seemed to be helping people. People always seemed to be approaching him for counsel, for advice, you know, most of it financial, some of it otherwise, for, you know, their family, personal stuff. But I mean, it was always people approaching him. And that's something that always stood out to me. Uh, as I learned over the years, what he did for a living and, and the career and the, the the business that he was building with my mother, it, it always uh, stuck with me that it's a very noble thing. And it's a very uh, helpful and useful thing uh, with the community and something that I thought that's something that, I, that I'd like to get into. And so I took a natural interest to it over the years. Uh, obviously, that honed in a little bit more. And then out of college, I was able to have an opportunity for a my first job out of college was also working in a different aspect of finances. I, I ended up working with a business management firm in Nashville that handled a lot of the finances and uh, personal banking and, and things like that for a lot of the entertainment industry clients, country music industry and rock industry out in, in LA. Uh, they had an office in LA. I was in the Nashville office, but uh, that, that gave me another opportunity to see a, a different aspect of it, uh, working with clients, helping manage personal finances, things like that. So the reasons why I think developed over the years, being fortunate enough to see how he was building his practice and, and working with the community and, and the, the way that he was helping people. And through that, seeing the lifestyle that my, my father and mother were able to build for the family as well. He was, they were always great about being at sporting events and things like that. And, I, and that's another thing that always stuck with me is the flexibility to work with the community to help people and and also to have a great balance in your life with with your profession and and the family as well so with a three-year-old and a five-year-old now that's coming in big so I think that's something people intuitively don't see right at the onset when they think about our careers or your career is the freedom and flexibility that it brings so it's a really important point I know you got involved at a young age. It's great that he had clients who thought it was okay for you to sit in the room because I don't think a lot of people get that. That's really <laughs> unique. Any moment in your life where you thought you'd do something different? Were you always ready to be G2 in the business? Well, when you come out of college and you know having a natural interest and inclination to do what I'm doing now, but yeah, you know, when you're in, in Nashville and you get out of college and have an opportunity to work in the music industry with different 
artist and clientele that that firm had. Yeah, you know, different opportunities came from that. And I had some, through the personal relationships that you build, I, I did have some opportunities to do some different things in the music industry. And, and so that, for a few years, that, that led me a little bit astray, if you want to put it that way. But <laughs> ultimately, it, it kept coming back to I didn't, I enjoyed the financial side of it, you know, and, and people, you'd think that celebrities and things are different than the rest of us. They're really not. It really opened, uh, opened your eyes that they don't know what to do with their personal situations either all the time. You know, they, um, all of a sudden find success and they look to, you know, at the time to me and my boss and, and, uh, our firm for guidance. And I thought, well, that's pretty neat. You know, it, it, here you are conquering the world and you're still asking for now what do I do, you know, and, and how do we do all this? And that was always powerful to me. And so I, I thought I do have some opportunities, but it did keep coming back to the fact that my parents always raised us with a lot of uh, the integrity and work ethic. And if you can combine those things in our business, as you know, that that's a powerful thing. And your sister recently joined the firm, but talk about the structure of the firm. What does it look like and what roles do you all play today? You know, you, you, you fire all the guns in all directions at all times, right? <laughs> No, um, so Joe, uh, you know, definitely the, the senior leader of the firm and myself, second generation coming on as certified financial planner now and earning the different credentials over the years. But um, yeah, it's been phenomenal. So Joe and I as the primary advisors and Lindsay uh, is as well, my sister is coming on now and, and she's doing phenomenal. That's brought an excellent aspect to the firm, a new perspective, new, um, not not just uh, with her being a, a woman and, and that perspective, but from she brings with her a lot of in ex experience from the banking industry. She's worked in a operation side of the banking industry for several years, and that's been quite helpful and, and some insight on the background of operations on, on that side of things. So that's been very unique. Yeah, my brother was with us for about 10 or 11 years, and he really helped you know, he's tremendous entrepreneurial spirit uh, in business mind. He really helped grow a lot of the office structure and operations and, and put a lot of that in place with us as well. So each one of us has our roles and we all count on each other and trust each other. And it actually flows quite nicely. Do you have a support team around you or is it just the three of you? We do. We have a, a couple admin and staff and, and uh, they're tremendous to work with as well. So it, that's another thing that uh, my brother really brought into the firm working with uh, myself and and Joe, a lot of that structure put in place, and a lot of you know systems and and uh, things to maybe keep off us as the advisors on focus a little bit and, and go do it what we should be doing with the clients. So yeah, that's that's all been helpful. Everybody's definitely brings a piece to the the pie. That's the key. We have to encourage people, whether it's through our practice management programs or otherwise, is kind of uh, you know be realistic in the amount that your hourly rate should be and make sure you're doing work that right. it translates to that. Now we all at some point for some number of hours have to do the stuff we don't wanna do that might be a you know, lower level, but for the most part, just always keeping that top of mind and then hiring for what you feel should be done by somebody that's probably better at it than you are. Right, yeah, I, I, I always like that quote from Patton that don't tell people how to do something. Tell them what needs to get done and they'll surprise you. A lot of times that works out. So you mentioned credentials. First, congratulations on your recent recognition as a 2022 five-star wealth advisor recipient from Five Star Professional. That's awesome. I know you've got you. other credentials as well. 
How has that been perceived by the clients and how do those help you? How do they help you in your career? I think first and foremost in our businesses, we're all aware of it. Your integrity, your character, those lead the way and speak for themselves you know, first and foremost, but I would encourage if there's younger advisors getting into the business or just new to the industry, not just, not just younger, but new to the business. If you can work on your yourself and gain those different credentials and build your, your knowledge and, and always keep learning that that's something that Joe has always pushed us hard to do is, is continuous learning, you know, and, and, uh, really learning the ins and outs of things. And it's, it's amazing how that starts to transcend into the meetings with clients that it just starts to, uh, you don't know where it's coming from. It just, all of a sudden you have this knowledge base that you can pull from. And it, it's, it, it's really helpful because I, I think clients can see the difference of when that does transcend into the meeting, that makes all the difference that you do know what you're talking about. You do have the confidence, you know, to lead the client in the right direction or, or at least present them the best options and let them give them all the information and they, you know, I, I maybe shouldn't say lead, but help them down their best path as far as different options and let them choose. But I guess that's the best way I could put it, that as you acquire them, it does just start to transcend back into the conversations with the clients naturally. And it's a big confidence booster. At the same time, it, I think it, it, it exhumes confidence, uh, confidence in the client as well, in you, that, that they can trust you, that not only you have good character and integrity, but you are going to be the right person to ask all these questions and, and knowledgeable to lead, you know, lead the way with them. Which is really important when it comes to your credibility when you're a G2, I think, because that transition from the clients always thinking they, they need to go to the original entrepreneur, if you will, the person that they originally built the relationship with. I think anything you can do to try to add to that credibility for the clients is really important. So congratulations on making those efforts. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So talk about your clients a little bit. That's a great segue. What are the clients that are best served by ClinCammer Financial look like? What is the ideal client? And then what's the process you use to, to vet that? Like I said before, watching Joe with the community, how he built his business, I think it kind of goes back just to family history. We have a history of entrepreneurs in the family, self-employed or, or business owners, however you want to put it. You know, my grandfather started a bakery when he was 19. A couple uncles owned their businesses, a couple aunts. Um, you know, my, my father played with Green Bay and with Dallas for a year each team before he, he transcended into our industry um, and started his business when he was 24, I think. And so at age 24, when it went on his own and started the firm and built it up from the ground up. So that's been something that in the community, going back to that, you know, just his, the family name spoke for itself, but also him, his own character. And so building within the community, really having that business owner mindset within the family, I think helped attract mainly Primarily business owners and their families are who we work with, small business owners or entrepreneurs or the self-employed types. And, and I think that's come naturally just because we understand it, you know, and it, we understand that it's not just the business, it's the family, you know, it's, it's everything involved. There's the business finances, there's the personal, but all of it blends together, doesn't it, when you own a business? So, you know, my father-in-law and uh, my brother-in-law, my, my wife, they've all worked together in their family business as well. So it's just something we understand it's in our nature. And so that 
I think that's what we've attracted and, and what we naturally gravitate towards. And so that's that's been a big help, I think. And it's been a big clients feel immediately comfortable with it because we we don't have to catch up with them. You know, it's a conversation where we we kind of understand where you're at when you just walk in the door and we can take it from there. And and that's a big comfort level with the clients. Do you have any specific plans to build a firm in a particular direction? Just more of the same. It sounds like a lot of it might be referral based. Anything that you're excited to deploy to help you in the future and you know, maybe someday growing G3? Hey, you never know, right? Start them young. <laughs> That's right. But uh, you know, it thankfully over the years it has been primarily uh, word of mouth. Proud to say we don't do a lot of advertising. Uh, we, we don't do a lot of, uh, you know, in the in online or in the paper or uh, uh, various places. We, a couple things around the community, but yeah, something that my brother and my sister and I, we've really pushed to build is the online presence, of course, social media and, and uh, website, keeping that up to date and really bringing it all together to incorporate the brand, you know, Clay Camera Financial as the brand all of it plays together, right? The social media, the, the online presence, the website, all of it, our physical marketing that we hand out to clients and meetings, you know, that all of that ties together and it's all the same brand. It's congruent in its appearance, that kind of thing. So that's something that we've pushed hard towards. Uh, so thankfully it's, it's mostly organic growth and mostly word of mouth referral, but at the same time, we we've been working with the success and an acquisition team at Cambridge, which has been phenomenal. Chris Emick and his team through our, uh, regional director, we were able to find, uh, actually an office nearby us. We didn't actually know it was there for a while. And, uh, uh, that's been a great connection we were able to get connected. Um, she, she was looking for some help to transition away at her pace, of course, but so we're working through completing an acquisition, which has been a huge level of growth for all of us, but at the same time, really for myself, for Lindsay, you know, and, and Joe as well to see us really grow with that and, and take all of us take the reins on it and help each other. But that's been a phenomenal source of growth. And we've taken on a couple over the years, um, in years past, but recently it's been that one. And actually a second one came, we, we were contacted by him and asked if we would help transition him as well, uh, into retirement. And so really acquisitions over the past year have been a couple of years have been a large source of growth for us on top of the organic. So we're happy to be growing and, and, uh, just a lot of hard work all the time, but, it, it pays off and it's all working out well. And the succession acquisitions team has been a large part of that. So I know from experience on the end of every succession is an acquisition, right? There's always a buyer and a seller. You as the buyers probably have learned that everyone has to be a little different because every seller has certain things that are important to them. But in the ones that you've done, what is the transition? What's the most successful transition strategy you've found? What, what is it? What is it you try to employ and bring to the table for them? I think what works best for everybody involved, just like with working with a client, it has to be at their pace. You know, it's some, not something that everybody has figured out all the time either. You have to understand that when, when coming into a situation with someone who, for whatever the reason may be, is looking to make a change in their life or take a different career or retire, whatever it is. And you have to understand those circumstances. Each one takes on its own 
persona and its own timeline, its own you know dynamics. And so that's been something that we've really uh, gotten used to and, and comfortable with is that each one of them is going to play out the way it's it's going to play out, and you have to have patience with that. At the same time, you have to make sure that the clients are, are comfortable with the timeline as well. We've had a lot of success with partnering for you know a couple of years or or a few years with the transition rather than an immediate transition and exit for the the previous advisor. So it's it's been beneficial to actually partner with the person, not not maybe our firm's partner, but in other words partner with them in the sense of allowing them to take their time at the same time, not too long, of course, but because then it's just going to keep, you know, our, our, the, the clients will get confused at a certain point, but if it's a couple of years or a few years or over the course of 12 or 18 months, whatever it is, you have to allow them to feel comfortable with it. As long as the personalities and the terms and all that work out, we, we've had a lot of success with is really don't push anybody out, work with them, for a comfortable transition for both them and the clients. Cambridge, you know, as long as everything's compliant, all of that. So it, I think that's caused a lot of retention and a lot of uh, rapport building instantly with the clients as well. That's a perfect example of you leveraging the Cambridge core value of flexibility because we too know everyone is different. And sometimes you have to work with what's in front of you and, and everybody has their own goals. So. Yeah. Great advice. I have to give, uh, again, compliments to the succession acquisition team and yourself as well, and Eric and everybody on the executive council with helping with those core values, but also with the uh, helping advisors understand that it's okay to have a, a succession plan. doesn't mean that you're going to be you know, using it anytime soon if you don't want, but that's something that we've noticed. And yeah, those, the flexibility and the integrity, I would say as well on the core values. Yes, I like to tell advisors. I put the succession continuity plan in place at the very least. Um, then it probably won't need to be used for a long time because, you know, you know how it goes. Usually if you do a bunch of work and effort to put something into place that might happen at some point in the future, it's usually a waste of time. But that's the important part. You know, expect the best, but prepare for the worst, right? That's what we talk about with our clients, too. So, yeah, I agree. So talk about what your firm does to get involved with your community. You've talked a lot about community through this podcast. What do you guys do as a team and how do you make sure that your community understands that you're there for them? Yeah, you know, and uh, over the years, I think it came naturally with our family's bakery in town was a big center point for the community for a lot of years. And uh, we got quite involved with different efforts there and, and outreach with the different family businesses, of course, coordinating everything. Over the years also as, as kids, you know, I know that my, my parents sponsored a lot of youth baseball teams and a lot of different community sporting events and even teams that we weren't playing on, coaching and, and uh, sponsoring, you know, financially, that kind of thing. And so different efforts there. Um, one of the biggest things that we enjoy helping with, and that this actually, um, was an effort by my mother that got this going. Meals on Wheels within the community, uh, delivering meals to senior citizens or disabled in the community. But, uh, you know, we, we understand that Minnesota's not the warmest place in the winter all the time. Um, but what she came up with is why don't we do what's called blizzard boxes? And so they're, they're prepackaged non-perishable meals that can be, you know, each family gets, I think, two of them to put, you know, put away in storage. And 
uh, on days where the hospital or, or Meals on Wheels can't get to them with roads or snow or ice, whatever it might be, they can have that in the home if they need it as an emergency backup. And so, yeah, that's something that that uh, she came up with, my mother. That So we've always enjoyed that. So we, I don't know how many exactly meals we deliver, but it's quite a few to the hospital every year uh, in preparation for winter. Uh, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that that people appreciate. So yeah, different ways like that, just little community outreach things. That's great. Thank you for sharing. As we near the end, uh, anything I haven't asked you that the listeners should know about you, your expertise, how you guys handle things that you think would be valuable? Something that's that's helped us is, as you mentioned, with that connection with the second generation, that's something that has been powerful. If there's other advisors out there that have a second generation or a third generation, or maybe even a fourth in the firm, that's something to be proud of. And that's something to convey that, you know, the integrity of your firm, the character of your firm is, is lasting again and again. And it's, it's passing on and just building on those, you know, Cambridge's core values. That's something that we've incorporated some core values for ourselves too. And that's something that you know, explain that to clients, let the community know that, that, hey, we're, we're proud to be going on to the second generation and carrying on these values. We're proud to be going to the third or the fourth generation and carrying on these values and bringing this value to you. And so that's something that people have really appreciated, knowing that we do have a second generation, um, very well in place, very committed, very strong growth. And, and knowing that you're well taken care of for many years to come, you know, is something that is very powerful to clients too. What are your core values? Share those with us. Uh, flexibility, professionalism, approachability, integrity. And we like to be, uh, approachability was the thing that I think sometimes people need help, but don't always know how to ask. And so it's just go ahead and, and come see us or pick up the phone. We're, you know, we're, we don't, we're easy to get along with is, as my dad always says. So we're just normal people, right? That's right. Yep. That's so. that's great. Alex, what do you do for fun? I'd like to wrap this up with letting our audience know that we are fun. It doesn't always come across as a fun industry, usually more, I think intuitively, they think more analytical. So what is it that you do for fun? Uh, you know, anytime I can get out on the water, that's something that I like to do uh, out on, out on a boat or fishing or, uh, or hunting or hiking uh, outdoors. And it's been fun with the little ones, three and five, you know, we're uh, able to start doing more with them as they get more capable and, and uh, they love to get out with us on the water and, you know, camping and hanging out with the new century council. Yes. You're a member of our new century council. Maybe uh, to wrap this up, we talk about that a little bit. Thank you for your contributions. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you for the listeners. Our new century council is a group of advisors who volunteered to help Cambridge think about, I'd prefer five to 10 years, but sometimes we get drug into the three-year. Things change real fast here. It's hard to get people to think that far out about what we should be building. But Alex, what is, talk, talk about your experience on the New Century Council a little bit. Yeah, that's a, uh, well, I, I think it was committee or a council that you formed years back. And it's it's a, it's a great group to be a part of. I appreciate participating and, and contributing. Group of forward-thinking people and, and professionals, all of us, uh, like to think of ourselves as a a big think tank, you know, just uh, brainstorming ideas for the future and, and trying to help connect the dots to get there. But it's a great, great group to be a part of. We appreciate 
you know, the executive council sponsoring that. We love you and others having a voice. So we appreciate that. Thanks for coming on Cambridge Stronger, Alex. It's been great to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. And I will look forward to seeing any kind of follow-up that comes from your growth ideas. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Continued success to all. The future is bright. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Cambridge Stronger. I invite you to listen to my podcast episodes where I have candid conversations with genuine inspirational financial professionals and leaders within this fiercely independent financial services industry. The best of the best, the strongest of the strongest. You can listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and the Podbean app. 